Welcome to this week's edition of the Speaking Artistically podcast. Each week we talk about arts and entertainment in Edmonton, inspired by the weekly Taproot Arts Roundup curated by friend of the podcast, Fonda Mithrush. We are produced by Bottom Line Productions and published by Taproot Edmonton. Hi, I'm Josh. I'm Kate. I'm Katie. And we're Speaking, Speaking Artistically. Artistically. Welcome to the early Christmas episode, otherwise known as number five. I love Christmas. You do? I do. I think well, let's sing Christmas about- songs. I told you I would ask you. <laughs> I've talked about Christmas things in the last four episodes, I think, Oh, so you like Christmas? I like Christmas. <laughs> we never realized you <laughs> liked didn't Christmas. Know. <laughs> that you talk about it all the time. I and talk it, about it. It is an early... It is. It seems like it's early Christmas. I mean, it's December 5th, but... Fonda put in a ton of Christmas stuff into the into the roundup, nutcrackers mm-hmm. and carols, and and we'll get to that. But first, I hope everyone has seen our new logo image with the talus dome on it. it. It's a it's a carrot. It's a green haired carrot. Now I love green. Green's my favoriteest color. But I'm I'm trying to figure out who the model is because it's a pretty good looking carrot. It is a good looking carrot. An attractive carrot. An attractive carrot. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could be a male carrot. It could be a female carrot. Who knows? It, does, it, it doesn't even matter. But now, why the talus dome? Why do you think we chose the talus dome to be in front of? The talus dome is sort of one of those iconic pieces of public art in Very Edmonton. Very controversial. And it, it's yeah. controversial. Why is it controversial? It's controversial because it's... Very widely debated as to whether it's good or bad, which is great. That's, That's art. what art is supposed yeah. to be doing. Yes, it's highly subjective. Yeah, absolutely. Good art. Uh, I believe that what a lot of people have issue with is not necessarily the design of the art or the meaning behind the art or why the art was created, but more about the placement of the art. If you've never seen it, which it is hard to avoid if you've gone down the white mud, it's on the east side of the Quinnell Bridge um, as your crossing. Well done with the directionals. Yeah, good location. Thank you. East side heading, <laughs> east side heading west. East side heading south. Heading south. Heading south. Southwest. Southwest. Because eventually it turns. It curves. Yeah. curves. Yeah. yeah. I am of the camp that I like the telestone, but I don't like the location. Um, I, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I think there's a lot of similar public art pieces in other cities that are in more densely pedestrian areas. Like the Bean? Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of other places that have things in what I would call, like, it's it's hard to experience that art unless you go on a hike, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or zooming past it in your car. Do you think then that installations like that have to be in a place where we can walk up to it in order to experience it properly? I don't think that's necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. I think with the talus dome it is. I think it's something that you experience better up close. Um I think if we were going to design public art to be seen as you zoom past it in your car, it should be specific to that. Yes, like the one on the bus barns going into Fort Road. That art is amazing. I don't know that one. Oh, I don't it's, go it's, out that way. It's uh, just off Capilano Bridge. Mm-hmm. As it's coming down onto. It's heading. I'm going to try to be like Kate. It's on the south side <laughs> of Fort Road, heading heading east, and uh, it's 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 this. Uh, it's what it is. Is it's relief of of ge- geographical relief based on the parallel on which that particular building sits on. And so the artist takes takes a look at the parallel from a geographical perspective and then creates relief work. So giant, giant sculptures that are uh, made out of metal and they look like this is, these are these mountains or this is this crevice. And mm-hmm. then, oh, it's 
it's, wow, it's great. Easy. Yeah, it's it's now it, it's an, it's public art for a building, and I, but you're right. I I never thought of it that way. Like you said, I you can totally drive past it and appreciate it. But yeah. now I feel yes, I would like to be able to walk up to the Talus Dome and and look yeah. at it because it's reflective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's meant to be reflective of the sky and of the river valley, but you don't get that yeah. out of it when you're driving past it in your car. Is it called the Talus Dome or the Talus Balls? Talus. I think Thonda in the yeah. in the pot and in, in the roundup. I feel like it's referred it to as both names, but mm-hmm. I, now I'm doubting the actual name of the thing. I don't oh, know what it well, is. We'll but call it the Talistone for yeah. the purposes of our discussion. Yeah. The uh, um, it's actually a really it's it's quite a significant choice for the mm-hmm. speaking artistically podcast because it is art, and it is controversial. So we're never going to talk about stuff that's just fluffy and nice. We are mm-hmm. going to dive into some things. I mean, yeah. Like we talk about no gossip, no gossip, <laughs> but we will offer our thoughts on stuff, yeah. whether what we think of it critically or however. I've, I've also, I think, seen pictures of in the winter when it's really slushy and snowy and it's just like covered in mud from splashing mm-hmm. cars. And like, that's, that's not great for placement either because yeah. Then no one's enjoying it. All right. I have, I, yeah. I have a challenge for you. Mm-hmm. Where would you put it? Um, Churchill Square. In the newly renovated Churchill Square. Like right in the middle of it. Boom. Yeah, bam. All right. right in the way of everything. Maybe we should <laughs> put it close to the Bottom Line Productions offices mm-hmm. in the Shunka Studio on Perfect. Columbia Avenue, mm-hmm. on 109th Street, on the west side of 109th Street, heading north. Right, Kate? Yes. 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 <laughs> I think it would be, there's so many beautiful pe- places in Edmonton, in the River mm-hmm. Valley. I just don't know if that's the correct one for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Victoria or, Park would be yeah, really Victoria beautiful. Park. Yes. Or yeah. What's the name of the park at the top uh, by the high-level bridge? Ezio Ferron? Yep. As, yeah, that that's would right. maybe be a good spot for Ezio it. Ferron Park, yes. Yeah. That yeah. Is, uh, that's, a love, that's a great walking place just yeah. before the high-level bridge. And it's sort of yeah. that... Um, like hourglass of people and mm-hmm. before they go across mm-hmm. the bridge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The Talistone was mentioned in uh, this week's roundup because it was also featured in Huffington Post's uh, article this week mm-hmm. about the best and worst public art in Canada. And just like we are all undecided, the article is also undecided, yeah, okay. <laughs> which is yeah. interesting. It's it's it, it's still up for discussion. So maybe yeah. you have an opinion about it. Let us know what it is. Yes, please. Yeah. Write it in or come visit. We have a chair. Oh, we don't have a chair for you today. Yeah. But we do have Somebody chairs. Somebody took the chair. Someone yeah. took the chair. Let's talk about A Christmas Carol, which is in Fonda's Roundup. And it opens at the Citadel this week. It's been in production for some time. It's the brand new version. It's been running at the Citadel for a long time, since 2002. And the, uh, the playwright, David Van... David Van Bell has written an updated, well, I wouldn't say updated version. He has said it in a different era than the original Dickensian version. So mm-hmm. I believe it's in the 20th century. I think, I think they're calling it the 40s. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, the 40s, I don't know what you actually call that. If it was the 20s, it would be the Edwardian era, and I really like the Edwardian mm-hmm. era. It's I'd like wing back chairs. That's and more like the, the early, before the 20s, because the 20s were the roaring 20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Ed- Edwardian era kind of before happened before. The yeah, it's like 1910. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. Oh, but I just love, I just mm-hmm. dug, yeah, I just really dig the, the... Some cool fashion. Yeah, yeah Especially, like, British fashion in and it was, and it was, yeah. And it was sort of permeating into, into North American mm-hmm. culture at the time. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The 
I remember the first a Christmas, first a Christmas Carol, and I think it's important to put the uh, a lot mm-hmm. of people just say Christmas Carol. I remember the first a Christmas Carol at the Citadel, and it was no one had ever done anything like it. It was massive. It's on a thrust stage, so you sit always around it. This one's still on the McLab stage, isn't it? It's on the thrust, and it was at times scary, and at times totally heartfelt, um, very musical, and it was for me it was the I, went, I saw it with my dad it it really t- showed you how theater can create magic it had all those mm-hmm. things that theater does that defy odds like the bell the bell floating before it falls off the pile of books or the face that comes through the doorknob when Marley goes to to knock on it, or not Marley, um, Scrooge goes to, to knock on it, and and the little the little things like the spandex and the little stick, like special effects that are little teeny tiny that you can never see, but but really enhance it, and you think, oh my god, how did they do that? And and we're not watching a movie. I I really like those kind of special effects that happen in live theater because you're not expecting them mm-hmm. the way you are in a movie. Um, yeah. You, you kind of assume with live theater that they can't do, like, they can't trick you. But right. when it does trick you, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's still a very Edmonton story in that mm-hmm. uh, it looks like the Citadel has cast a lot of locals. There seems to be a few people who are part of the last version. Julian's part of it. John's in it. Uh, some of the kids, like Braden, Tyler Coltman, who grew up with it. And there's a number of kid actors nowadays, or adult actors, funny enough, who started as kids on A Christmas Carol, and they would work their way up from an urchin, a street urchin, and or go to a, they're, they're the ghost of Christmas past, and then they became one of the Cratchit kids. Uh, and they would just, as they grew, they were just cast into those parts mm-hmm. as they got older. And it's really interesting to see them coming back for that to be still be involved mm-hmm. in that capacity. Yeah. Well, and we're also heading into um, the land of the Sugar Plum Fairy for 10 days. And I think that that's a lot of <laughs> people's experience with Nutcracker as well. There's people that start out in Nutcracker mm-hmm. when they're three or four, and then they... They end up being in the production for 17 seasons. Oh my gosh, you know, wow. uh, I believe Kelly McKinley, who's one of the Alberta Ballet dancers, I believe this. He's been dancing the Nutcracker since he was four, and he's this could very well be his like 31st Nutcracker that he's <laughs> wow. ever been in. And what does he play? Uh, he plays Drosselmeyer. Depends on what night you're seeing it, but he's he's Drosselmeyer, um, and sometimes Mr. Stahlbaum as well. Oh, cool! Mm-hmm. I, I saw it last night. And I and I haven't seen this version of the Alberta Ballet Nutcracker. And um, for the Alberta Ballet, it's the Nutcracker. Oh, interesting! Just like a Christmas Carol. Um, the Nutcracker. Yeah. So Al- Alberta Ballet's is the Nutcracker, and Schumka's is Nutcracker. Schumka's Nutcracker. Yeah. Oh, I know. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. It is interesting. That's good to know. Just like right. just like you were saying about Christmas Carol. <laughs> the a Christmas Carol. Yeah. The the Nutcracker. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah. yeah. Anyway, the sets on Alberta Ballet's Nutcracker are abs. The Nutcracker are amazing. <laughs> the shrinking, I I know all about. I I, I get the, um, I get that. Of course, the the the, the that Clara and Drosselmeyer shrink to enter that magic world. But mm-hmm. there's the magic of theater mm-hmm. again. Yeah. The tree grows, sure, and then but then the then things fly out and suddenly. The windowsill is is forty feet high, and then suddenly there's a little branch of the Christmas tree that sticks out from stage right, rather than the entire Christmas tree. I was just, 
I was gobsmacked by it. I thought, yeah. oh my god, they actually do look like mm-hmm. they're these teeny tiny little, little miniature. Mouse eyes. Yeah. It was really effective. I I was really impressed by it. It's a very beautiful show, and the, the sets are really beautiful. Costumes are gorgeous. Yeah. So it's a yeah. it's a very imp- and there's a lot of kids. There's a lot of kids in that show. There is, and they all dance, mm-hmm. and they're all local, which is is exciting. They're all from the Alberta Ballet yeah. School, which is very yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really beautiful production, um, and I think it, it is one of those shows that's an entry point. Whether you're in it or whether you're going to see it, it's an entry point for a lot of kids to, to go see. Yeah, yeah, to go see theater, to go see dance, to go see music. It's their first experience. There's always it's always someone's first nutcracker. Always. Yeah. I love that line. It's always someone's first nutcracker or the nutcracker. <laughs> first the nutcracker, depending first, on which version you're the seeing. Yes. Or Shumka's not. Now, Shumka was in. Victoria last week. That's why you weren't here for the I was, podcast. I was hanging out with Shumka in Victoria for the, the Shumka's Nutcracker. <laughs> Not Shumka's The Nutcracker, which is Shumka's Nutcracker. The audiences over there seem to really, really dig it. And Alberta Ballet's been out there for and when Royal Winnipeg's been out there for it. But you can definitely tell there's a, a Slavic Ukrainian approach to um, from the from the singing in it mm-hmm. to the type of costumes. Uh, to the but the interpretation of characters like Drosselmeyer, very different from the Alberta Ballet's The Nutcracker to Shumka's Nutcracker. Drosselmeyer seems less magical than Shumka's Drosselmeyer does. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think some of the iconography as well is very specific hmm. to the Ukrainian culture, which is is subtle in a lot of ways. And it I, is, once yeah. you once you start to recognize it, um, it becomes more obvious. But yeah. there's a lot of Interesting sort of subtle. Well, perhaps we'll dive more into Shumka's Nutcracker in a later episode. Ooh, foreshadowing. <laughs> Just like the ghost of Christmas future. Yes, <laughs> foreshadowing. Oh, the ghost of Christmas future in the old A Christmas Carol? That was freaky. Do you remember that one? It was like 40 oh, feet high. Oh, yes. It wasn't 40 feet high. But then they had these huge... <laughs> it they, yeah, it was a giant yes. puppet. And it always floated around. And that was magic, too. Like, it appeared out of nowhere and just kind of... Whoa, yeah. Came up and then had huge hands. Never saw its face. And people could go under it and around it. But it, it dominated over everything. And it was such a juxtaposition from the kid who played uh, Ghost of Christmas Past. Mm-hmm. And then the 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 there was, a, of course, a very laughing, loving, sort of father Christmassy type of character to play the Ghost of Christmas Present. Mm-hmm. But then they had this this uh what's what's it called like when that's that image of death you see it in, like the it, grim reaper grim uh, reaper-ish yeah, yeah. there was no mm-hmm. there was no sigh right but it had that big giant hooded you couldn't see its face you thought maybe there was like something a harry there. potter dementor <laughs> like a, is it a de- tormentor dementor dementor de- dementor and that's a very similar mm. look oh. the hood no seeing of the face. Mm-hmm. It seems to be Just really pervasive in, yeah. in in uh, in literary circles. I or or however we translate that sort of faceless thing yeah. from a written word into something visual. Yeah, it's true. But I've seen it in in, uh, in Family Guy and The Simpsons and. Mm-hmm. Marvel Comics would write about death and, and portray death in that fashion as a, as a deity that was lorded over anybody. Fun fact: if you <laughs> if you're interested in reading the book, quote unquote, graphic novel of the Infinity Gauntlet, which is 
what the Avengers and Kate's nodding like, yes, I know, Josh, uh, <laughs> about the Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Uh, yes, uh, which I will watch again this holiday season. And that because it's a total Christmas show. But Death and Thanos have an intimate relationship. Well, he really likes mm. her, but she does not. And mm. they, Death is portrayed as a woman. Do you have other things that you watch over Christmas that aren't Christmas things, but are your like your Christmas traditions to watch? I'm so glad you asked, and this is not premeditated, <laughs> listeners. Uh-oh. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars has come out at Christmas time, mm-hmm. and Star right. Wars Episode Nine, the final one in the in the in the. Well, I don't know what do you call it. It's the third trilogy, but when yeah. it's got nine, I don't know the word for ninth. Nine G. <laughs> That's not yeah, real. You should I probably that. look that up. <laughs> Heptology, pantology, sextology, septology, octology, nonology, nonology. Let's call it a nonology. Sure. All right, or the third, the third trilogy. The third trilogy. <laughs> They're she, all distinct. Anyway. You can't. Yeah. You couldn't see it, but Kate, Katie's eyes. <laughs> Rolled. Oh, I tried to hold him in, but I that couldn't. Was a, that was the Katie emoji eye roll. Anyway, yes, we will, my son and my father and I will do our regular Star Wars holiday pilgrimage. Mm. We will follow the North Star. Excellent. To watch Star Wars Episode Nine: The Last nice. Jedi. We watch- Sorry, it's not The Last Jedi. Oh, my God. Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker. Awesome. Okay. okay. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you for humoring me. Anyway. We watch Band of Brothers, which is not a Christmas movie. No. But we, it's, it's become a little tradition that we, we watch Band of Brothers. Oh, that sounds wonderful, actually. Yeah. Hmm. I don't have one like that. I don't have something I watch every year. Maybe you should find yeah, one, Katie. I should report maybe you should find back. one, <laughs> Yeah. Boy, that was a bit of scolding. Sorry. That was pretty sassy. Like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty sassy. This has all been really fun talking about fun Christmas holiday magic in this early Christmas episode. But, Katie, you have a, a bit of, I guess, sad? Is it sad news? Is it depends? Yeah, I, guess it depends I think it's on sad news. Um, many of you might know that the uh, Interstellar Rodeo has been put on sort of an indefinite hiatus, which is sad to have a festival that was happening in eight, for eight years in Edmonton uh, go away. Um, but it's a hard thing to do. It yes. takes a lot out of a person yeah. to, to run a... Festival or how long music so venue? How long did you say? Eight years. Eight Edmonton. years. Yeah. Wow! And that was at Carlisle Park. And I yeah. remember there was a lot of issues around noise pollution. They suffered. They had to really um, justify their existence. Mm. Fight a lot with the folks who yeah. lived around there. And I mean, I don't have any of the inside information of what's going on, but. Uh, it might have something to do with the renovation to Horlack Park. That might be right. something that's going on. It might be something that the Free Will Shakespeare Festival has talked about. Yeah, well. it could be. It could be other things as well. Um, something to keep in mind is um, when we talk about grants and federal support and government funding for independent artists. There's no similar thing for people who open venues or galleries oh, or festivals. Interesting. So if you think that an individual artist could get a grant that supports them to create a piece of art, there's there's not a lot of support for those mm. who offer space for that. Mm. Uh, it tends to be just a passion project that you put all of yourself and all of your own money into. So, Do you think Interstellar Rodeo will move somewhere else? No, okay. I don't. Okay. And was it a... It was a, a it, they visited several markets, didn't they? Wasn't it a traveling uh, festival? No, they had a few years in Winnipeg mm, okay. and eight years in Edmonton. Did it start in Winnipeg? No, it started here. 
And it was, and then it did it tour from Edmonton to Winnipeg. No, it was a separate festival. It was a different show. Yeah. Okay. Is it still running in? No, it stopped a couple years ago. I've always thought it was such a cool name. Yeah, and it it was a fun event. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I will miss it this Mm -hmm. this coming summer. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully they. I mean they they're calling it a hiatus, uh, so maybe they'll find a way to bring it back. Good word. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's a hopeful word. I know there's no definite anything, but. It was fun while it lasted, yeah. and hopefully they can find a way to revamp it later. Yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah. All right, well, let's go from that to the one thing that we're interested, uh, excited, or seeing, or hearing in arts and entertainment community, and I'm just going to jump right in and say a Christmas carol. I was I was going to say a nutcracker, or the, the nutcracker, the because a nutcracker does not exist, no. as we just talked about, no. but no. yet. yet. You, oh, yes. yes. <laughs> So Kate's version of the Nutcracker is a Nutcracker. Which Nutcracker are you interested in seeing? Well, I I will be seeing both. And you're Um, interested in in drawing a comparison between the two? Not even necessarily drawing a comparison, but just just experiencing both. Because I think they're, even though they're telling the same, essentially the same story, they're very different versions. They offer different things. They look different. Even though there's sort of a set... um, so not set choreography, but a set way that certain dances are yes, done. Yes, yes. Is that is that yeah, fair I to think, say? I think that I think total interpretation. I mean, one of yes. them is pure ballet, right? Uh, the Nutcracker, and Shunka's Nutcracker is very lyrical, or it has mm-hmm. specific Ukrainian. There is there is point point ballet in Shunka's version, but not all the way through. Right. So even though it's the same music. And the sort of intention behind the dance is maybe the same. It's different choreography and yes. interpreted in different ways. Absolutely. So I think that'll be really interesting. I'm also going to see it with one of my friends who's bringing her five-year-old son. And I think Yay. this will be his first Nutcracker. So that's very cool. Because it's, it's always someone's first. It's always someone's first. Yeah. Um, I don't want to go see any Christmas stuff. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you Scrooging on uh, us? Yes. All right. Um, so <laughs> We're, we're going to revisit the Scrooging thing <laughs> next week. Yeah, after you've had a chance to see the a Christmas Carol. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to choose uh, an art show that's coming up at the Aviary. It's tonight. It's called Like Me, uh, and it's a new art show by A.J. Loudon, who's a mural artist. Cool. Primarily. Whoa. Um, how are they going to fit it? They've done it before, and it's been amazing. Uh, again, I don't know if it'll be, like, hung pieces on the wall yet, or um, he did a show, a group show, where the walls themselves were painted, and it was great. What? What did they do with the walls afterwards? Paint over it. No! Yeah. It was, it was fun, So he though. creates murals to be eventually painted over? I think with the understanding that it is temporary. Wow. Yeah, he does some That's of the work on, cool. on those free walls that are available for murals. And, yeah, it's great. And there'll be a band, Mercy Funk, and... I always really enjoy the art shows at the Aviary, so... Okay, yeah. well, that's good to know. Speaking Artistically is produced by Bottom Line Productions and published by Taproot Edmonton. You can find links to everything we mentioned on the show notes at speakingartistically.taprootedmonton.ca. You can also stay up to date on everything that's happening by subscribing to the Arts Roundup at taprootedmonton.ca. Speaking Artistically can be found everywhere podcasts are available. While you're there, leave us a rating and review. You can also get in touch with us on social media as Bottom Line Productions. Until next time, I'm Josh. I'm Kate. I'm Katie. And we're Speaking Speaking Artistically. Artistically.